welcome back. This is your host, McKenna Miller, and this is Today on the Gram. Today I have someone super special with me. Um, she was only my roommate for like one semester. We were sweetmates for another semester, but easily my favorite roommate and one of my favorite people from college, one of my ultimate best friends, um, Mallory Williams. Say hey, Mal. Hi, uh, podcast people realm. Hello. <laughs> How, are you doing? How you doing today? Doing good. Relaxing, you know? Yeah, I love it. It's a Sunday afternoon and um, I've been gone all weekend on the retreat and it was so much fun, but I'm pretty tired. But um, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, pretty much uh, took some self-care days. You know, it's it's busy doing rotation stuff for pharmacy school. So I relaxed yesterday. Uh, this morning, I listened to Monty Cox's sermon. Shout out to downtown uh, COC in Searcy, Arkansas. Um, but yeah, it was a really good sermon. Um, other than that, I've done laundry today and worked on RX prep for a pharmacy test. So. Ooh, so fun. So, uh, so we kind of got a glimpse of that. What, what do you do right now? Um, currently I am a fourth year pharmacy student at Harding University College of Pharmacy. I'm doing my rotation work, which is like from July until May. I do rotations at different sites, so from hospitals to community pharmacies to ambulatory care, which is kind of like a hybrid of the two. Cool, that's awesome. So then, um, how much longer do you have? Like, what's the goal after that? Do you know where you're moving? Anywhere you want to be a pharmacist specifically? Um, I know at this point that I want to do hospital pharmacy, which means I'll have to end up doing a residency for a year. So I'll have to apply, start the application process for that, I believe is in, it opens in November and interview, like deadlines are in December and January. So it's basically like interviewing for a job, but you get paid less. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, but that's so cool. I'm so excited for you and um she's a genius y'all like literally so smart she was always like I got like organic chemistry and something biology and molecular cellular this and just all this stuff and I was like I have no idea what you're talking about but like go you like she was always up late studying all the time but also just like so fun like I don't I really don't know like where you find all this time but it's great um okay. I'm trying to remember though, whenever, were we roommates sophomore year? Yeah, it was, it was all of sophomore year. There we go. Yeah. Rough, 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 uh, academic semester. Fun yeah, time, so. so much work. It was crazy. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I, and like, we were both pledging too. So it was like, we like had that on top of it. And so it was a lot. Um, and I also was taking Greek for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was so awful. It was, but we got through it. Well, you're almost through it. I got through it a while ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the Enneagram. Um, Mal, what, what do you identify as on the Enneagram? I am a nine. Do you want my wing number two? Sure. Okay. I'm a nine wing eight. Okay. So we haven't talked a lot about wings. I kind of forgot to talk about that with my brother last week. Um, so basically wings are the numbers on the other, like on the other side of each number. So like if you're looking at the diagram, the wings for a nine are either an eight or a one. And so like I'm a three wing two, and there's also three wing fours, um, but I'm a three wing two. And so basically it's, um, it's kind of just like, shared attributes like there's a lot of similar qualities that you have um with that other number and um there's times when you just you're like wow I'm like really leaning into my wing right now um and there's like some uh the the road back to you specifically does like mention wings and talks about wings not like super in depth but it talks a little bit about it and there's some people who study the Enneagram um, who are like very anti-wings, like don't think that they matter at all. And then there's some that are like, yes, your wing is super important. And so I would say with this book specifically, it's, I feel like it's more in the middle just because like it doesn't talk about it as much. And so 
um, but it does mention it. And so that's, I wanted to tell you all about that, um, that, you know, there are wings and, and it's just, it's the numbers on the either side of your number. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and read the descriptions of healthy, average, and unhealthy nines. And then um, I'm going to ask Mal some questions. Does that sound good, Mal? Sounds good. Okay. So um, the nine is the peacemaker. Um, I know a few nines, and I'm not going to lie, some of the nines that I know, or a lot of the nines, they're some of my favorite people in my entire life. So I'm fond of peacemakers, let me tell you. Um, healthy nines. Healthy nines are natural mediators. They see and value the perspective of other people and can harmonize what seem to be irreconcilable view points of view. They are unselfish, flexible, and inclusive. These nines are seldom attached to their own way of seeing and doing things. They've learned to make decisions based on the right priorities. They are inspiring, self-actualized people. Average nines, while they come off as sweet and easygoing, are stubborn and out of touch with their anger. These nines overlook themselves. Though they, are though they generally feel unimportant, they occasionally wake up and realize they have to work on investing in themselves. They are willing to stand up for justice on behalf of others, but would not likely risk doing much to stand up for themselves. They don't ask for much, though they appreciate what others do for them. Unhealthy nines have trouble making decisions and become overly dependent. To dull feelings of sadness and anger, they engage in numbing behaviors. Struggling to maintain the illusion that all is well, they can vacillate between acquiescence and open hospitality. So Mallory, hearing those descriptions um, of healthy, average, and unhealthy nines, where, where do you think you fall into that like right now in your life? Um, I'm probably in between healthy and then average. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Like what are some of the um, things that contribute to that? So I think in general, like with nines, you, you kind of come into like understanding yourself better. So like with me, I know like, as opposed to like me starting out in college, I was still trying to figure out myself it's just that time in life and so but once I like started figuring things out with um just me in general I know that's hard to say but like a big thing with nines is like harmony and like figuring out where you sit and whatever so but I would say that I lean more towards being healthy just because I have a greater understanding of like self-awareness within myself. So whether that be like what I want out of life or just being content with where I am in life, because that's a hard thing. I think that nines we go back and forth between is trying to strive for more versus striving for, or just like being okay with where we're at. Um, so that's probably once like, you understand what you want out of life, nines, we can, we're better about seeking those things out. And that's kind of how I view it being healthier is just kind of knowing what we need. Um, whether that be like understanding self care and like being able to talk about what we're going through. Cause a lot of times we take on what other people go through. Um, in a lot of ways we're kind of, we're like a, a mirror to other people. Like we listen, we sit and we try and understand and help people through it or whatever they're going through. Um, and a lot of times we don't take the necessary time to focus on us, which is kind of how when you're unhealthy, you move towards, um, I forgot what you said, but. Um, you like retreat and like, um it says that uh you have trouble making decisions you're overly dependent and um 
you have dull feelings of sadness and anger and you engage in numbing behaviors. Yeah. So you become very, you can, it's easy to become very indifferent and to start to shut yourself out um, of life, which is a struggle for nines in general. Okay. So as a three, nines are where I go when um, like times of stress. So like my, like the good number that I'll go to is like a six and the bad ones is a nine. And so like, that's like unhealthy attributes of a nine, like in my times of stress. And this is a quote from the book that literally when I read this, I was like, I feel attacked. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. It says nines have unhealthy coping strategies. They will often turn to food, sex, drinking, exercise, shopping, the reassuring comfort of habits and routines, performing mindless busy work or vegging out on the couch and watching TV to numb out and ignore their feelings, wants, or desires. So like, that speaks to me so hard. Like it, honestly, when I read that, I was like, I feel so much shame reading that because I am that person that like, um, like my bank account suffers because when I am like super stressed or sad, like I'm like, I need retail therapy like now like I need to just go to an old navy because it's cheap or a thrift store or like somewhere that I'm not going to spend too much money like dirt cheap or something and just like buy something because it's horrible but like it makes me feel better (laughs) but also just like mind-numbing activities like sitting there and like watching Netflix or like just like watching a movie or like scrolling TikTok or like something that's just like so unproductive but that like when I'm like so overwhelmed and so stressed that I'm just like I just can't like I just I just shut down um and I do these things that are that are just numbing behaviors so I totally relate to that yeah and like with all that like going into all the unhealthy aspects of nines I know like for me I think one of the things like you are more prone to like drink or like I think in one book I've seen it talks about like you're more like just like you could obsessively eat or just become really lethargic or you avoid it and so then like you just don't eat or you just forget because you're just so vegged out and I think that's that's one of the hardest things or like I know like for me sometimes if I have a bad day or like I just like my thoughts are too um rampant especially now with the state of the world being a nine right now is an interesting time um I'll just go for walks or like I'll sometimes go for runs just because that that is like you said like numbing because you just don't think about anything you're really only thinking about how cold the air is and how hard it is to breathe (laughs) running so so I will I'm like totally asking all of my questions out of order, but you're like, we're having such good, like flowing conversation about this. Um, so like you mentioned, like like going on walks and just like clearing your mind and stuff. So it's sometimes like a thing that like nines, um, just, (laughs) they like, they have to have a thing. Like that's sounds so professional, but I'm serious where, um, an activity where they can just like get away. And so like, I have a very close person in my life, but just in case he listens to this, I'm not going to self-diagnose him because he hasn't, like, taken the quiz or or studied the book or anything, but a person that I love so, 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 so much, um, he is very likely a nine, (laughs) and um, when he he gets so overly stressed, and when he gets in that space oh my goodness, like, he goes on a bike ride, and he comes back, and I'm like, you're a different person, like, a completely different person, and, like, my friend Holly was talking about how her dad is a nine, and I don't remember what his activity is, like, it might be, like, working out or something like that, but when he gets back from it, it might have even been bike riding, um, but when he gets back from it, he's just, like, a different person, and I totally see that with this person that I love, um, because seriously, like, and I encourage him. I'm like, Hey, you need to do this. Like you need to go on this bike ride. And he's like, well, I have so much to do. And I, you know, and I'm like, no, you need to do this. And then he comes back and he's like, I feel so great. So like, what is your thing? Like, what's your activity? It like, is it walking or do you think it's something else that you're just like, every time I do this, like, I know 
I feel better and like there's just like weight lifted off, off of my shoulders. I think it changes from time to time. I know whenever I was back home um, when school was going on during quarantine, whenever that first broke out, um, I would go on walks through my neighborhood um, just to get out of the house. So that was a big thing then. Um, I've kind of started to like read again on my own, which is I haven't done in a while, but I usually try and take, um, usually it's weekends. So like Sundays or Saturdays, I just take time out of my day to sit and read and just put my thoughts not on immediate life, but just kind of outside of things, whether, um, just whether, whether I read something that's more realistic versus like, um, more of like a self-help help book or something like that. Um, so like we, no Twilight, no Harry Potter. So I love the Twilight movies, but I haven't read the Twilight books. <laughs> they're the they're the best comedy you'll ever watch in your life. They're the dumbest movies ever. I'm like literally mortified that I loved those in high school. Like I was like, these are so good, and now I'm like, what was I thinking? Like they're they're garbage, like straight up garbage. They are, but it's the garbage that just makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> it's like a um, dynamite, like it's so bad, which makes it good. Like it's just so funny because it's so bad. I, I mean, I'll tell, I'll say that, that that baseball scene is still iconic to this day. It's the best <laughs> scene that they ever filmed in those movies. Um, the like, yeah, lightning that crashes when they like hit the ball. <laughs> yep. So and the bat flip. I forget who does the bat flip, but I was like, OP. That bat flip was OP. Um, this OP. Uh, isn't it like Optimus Prime? Like Prime? I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard that term. Like OP you means. What kids are saying. I think like isn't OP? OP is like A one. Like saying it's A one. Like the best or like. Like OG. Not like original gangster, no, but like A1, like people said that's A1, like that's because it's like the best steak sauce, so like <laughs> it's A1, and so, and then oh, people like that's so OP. Cap right now, like also for those of y'all that don't know what cap is, that's that's how you stay cool with the teenagers, like that means no lie, no cap, so thank you. But she's telling lies because I've never heard that. No, OP? Kidding. You've never heard OP? Oh, okay. So now I feel like really left out, but it's fine. Oh my goodness. Okay. So tell me about, like, how did you initially come across the Enneagram? How did you hear about it? And also like when you heard about it, like what process did you take to discover like that you identify with a nine? So like either like through quizzes or um, through just like reading the book and like self-diagnosing yourself or like what steps did you take? So I think at Harding, they did, I think the newspaper did something about the Enneagram at one point, if I'm remembering, I thought maybe. I mean, like they might, um, I don't remember that, but it's definitely a possibility. I think that's how I first heard about it. And then one of my um, good friends um, who's in pharmacy school with me, they were big on it. And I was like, well, I guess I'll figure out what I am. And so I took one of the free tests that's available, which the thing about nines though, is that usually you mistype because nines kind of take on a lot of different aspects of different um, Enneagram numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I first took it, I think it said I was a two. And I was like, I don't think I'm a two though. And so I kind of, from there, I looked more into it. And then I think I took it at a later date and I got a nine, which the reason why I was like, I don't think I'm a two is it, you can look into like what their basic desires versus, versus basic fears are. And a lot of twos revolve around like being loved and stuff. And for nines, our basic fear is like loss or separation and um we want and our basic desire is harmony and so once i took it again that second time and i got nine i was like okay this makes so much more sense for me than a two just because i know like with me being a nine i like to help people and like help them find harmony or peace going that's like a main theme but like i like helping them sort through their life but it's not out of 
kind of the more not I don't want to say selfish but it's not for like my gain it's just literally to make everything in the world just feel better and just when I took the test for that second time and I got nine it just made a lot more sense and then I started seeing like with how unhealthy habits are versus healthy habits within that number how I really fit in within it so cool as far as like like we talked a little bit earlier about like being healthy or unhealthy. What are times in your life that you've noticed yourself like being unhealthy in your type? Um, I would say unhealthy in my type, like the most dominant time was definitely in high school. Um, I just think high school is a hard time for everyone in general. Um, but I think for me, I... I had friends, but no one who, like, like being a nine, I was friends with everyone. I was there to talk to people, but nothing was super deep level like I would have wanted. Um, and so that made high school hard because I basically went through high school feeling a loss or like separation from people just because I didn't have that core group. I didn't have a really large youth group. And so with that, I didn't really have a core group with similar beliefs as I did to where I could forge deeper bonds and relationships. And then because of that, and with doing sports in school and all my other activities, I never really got to be outside of those activities and develop friendships with friends I had had for a long time outside of those groups. Um, and so I would say high school was definitely the unhealthiest I've ever been for a prolonged period of time. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. On the opposite side, though, can you recall a scenario in your life where being healthy in your number has been a benefit to you? Yes. So whenever, whenever nines, whenever we're healthy, we move towards being more like threes. And so we're more... Um, I think goal oriented. We move towards accomplishing our goals more and we're more outgoing. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we just move towards in general is just being more healthy and then um, moving towards threes. And so it just makes us easier to get to know. So with nines being a peacemaker, um, we just, I think a lot of times people are drawn to nines just because we are very easygoing yeah. um we're kind of like a golden retriever we just <laughs> we people like we're content with being with ourselves but we also enjoy being with people it's just kind of getting people to want to like sit and be with us because and like having that conversation going back and forth and so i think that's probably the most rewarding part I think about being a nine is just we we are able once we start to form deeper relationships and conversations I feel like they last a long time um because they're founded upon I guess caring principles if that makes sense like it's a, it's not motivated by anything other than relationship and wanting to getting to know people and wanting to help people and just trying to see that we're all very similar, even though we're different. And so we collectively are kind of like one body and I guess like within church you can kind of see that as well because we're all God's children if that makes sense that just got very like yeah no I'm <laughs> here for it I'm here for that um has there ever been a time in your life when your number like has been challenging for you we can I get paralyzed by having to make decisions oh yeah 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 um, I think probably McKenna can remember of like me being like, what are we going to eat? Stop. What, no. should I, what should I go eat? That's still that a constant so today. Worst. No, like <laughs> things as little as that, like literally we'd be sitting in our room and we're like, should we go to the calf or like Chick-fil-A 
or like we could just like go to Chili's like spend the big bucks and like we would sit there for like ever trying to I'm like dude let's just make a decision like do this now like you're picking tonight just like pick like I oh it yeah it was a struggle so yeah and like that's still a thing with me today like my roommate Sarah I'll be like Sarah what do I want to eat and she's like I don't know and she'll just name off all these places and then I'll just be like uh, I don't want to drive so then I'll eat a bowl of cereal okay I was literally gonna be like, like, gonna be like I'm too lazy to go out somewhere so I'm just gonna like roast some beets <laughs> some beets roast yeah, some beets. you are always roasting beets in your freaking room and you're like they taste like candy I'm like no they taste like dirt like literal dirt I don't understand yeah, that's how, like, at lunch, I was like, maybe I'll go get something, and then I had, like, frozen falafel, and so I put that in the oven, Whoa. and then I uh, steamed some sweet potatoes. Okay, fancy, I love it. Also, so healthy, healthy gal, I'm here for it. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, if you didn't know, like, you need to get all your eating tips from nines, no, that's not true, because some nines, you know, when they get into that bad spot, they're like, let me just, like, eat all the food. Like, all the food that is... Sour punch straws. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, that is Mallory's thing. Whenever she's just, like, so stressed, she's like, let me go to the gas station down the street and get some sour punch straws. And, like, she just, like, eats them, like, they're going out of style. But, like, also, like, you look great. It's not, like, it's it's just... <laughs> Thanks, pal. But it's so funny because, like, every year I was like, what am I going to get her for her birthday? And I was like, well, I know sour punch straws, are, that's going to be in there, like, a bag of that, so... <laughs> that's awesome I love that part of like what you're saying about like being paralyzed with making decisions so I think we see part of that like and I don't know if you know this but um when you talk about the triads threes sixes and nines are all <laughs> dominant and repressive in the same stinking one. So like, I feel you on that because I fall into this category. But for nines, they are doing dominant and doing repressive. Like in eight, we talked about last week is doing dominant, but they're, oh gosh, I don't even remember. They're like thinking repressive. No, they're feeling repressive, I think. Don't quote me on that because I'm just pulling this out of my, the head right now. But in Mallory's case and in my case, but my case is feeling. So I'm feeling dominant and feeling repressive, but Mallory is doing dominant and doing repressive. So basically like when she gets to a situation, like she just wants to immediately act, but then like just gets like stuck in this spot of like, you know, not really like knowing what to do and, and like trying, like wanting to do something, but like not figuring out how, and like just ends up being like this huge circle of like never ending not making decisions and so like being literally being paralyzed by that so you're shaking your head a lot so i know you know what i'm talking about so can you like explain a little bit about this because obviously you're way more versed in it than i am like being a nine yourself i mean it's just kind of like i think for me personally like being doing dominant and doing repressive so for the most part, if it's if it's decisions that don't matter, like me going and getting food, it'll just cycle. Yeah. It'll cycle pretty much. But if it's things where I see a reward from, I'll do it. But if it's things where I see a possibility of like get not getting hurt, but like being let down, I'll like do the cycle. So it's kind of like I'll be doing dominant if I know I have a chance at success, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, okay, like, well, what about, oh, sorry. Well, what about, okay, what about in a situation of like two positive? Okay, like let's say you graduate from pharmacy school and you have the opportunity to work in these two amazing hospitals. One is in downtown Dallas with me, which like I'm pushing for that, but it's fine. And then one is in, San Antonio, where all your family lives. They're both great opportunities. Um, okay, sorry, that's a bad example. Let's do one's in Nashville and one is in Denver, Colorado. Like, you love both of these places equally. You have no family tying you there. You have no friends. Like, it's a brand new start, but they're both great opportunities, both amazing hospitals. You're going to make the exact same pay at both places. Like, those are both very good outcomes. So, like, talk about a situation with that. Like, how would you go about deciding when it's just two great outcomes but like like for me that stresses me out I know I'm gonna please God in whatever decision I have um in whatever decision I do 
I also don't know what to do. And I just, I'm like, hey God, like, why don't you just like tell me like flat out, just be like, this is what you're doing. I don't think that always like necessarily happens. Like if it's multiple good outcomes. So like, how do you respond to that? So I think, well, mine's what we're gut or gut oriented. Yeah. Gut, the gut triad. So you're, you're uh, doing doing oriented, I guess. So whenever it comes down to that, it's kind of like, I would probably pray about it and just be like, think about whatever my gut is leading me towards and choose that one just because I don't really see a negative. I think, I mean, I would probably kind of, analyze it a little bit and just be like what which one's cheaper but I think whenever it comes down to it like if my gut was telling me that despite this place being more money and despite all this if my gut was still hung up on the other I would know to choose the other okay if that makes sense yeah no that totally makes sense that's not I am but like I love like learning about that with you because like I'm like yeah that ain't me like I'm like where, where am I going to feel the best? Like, where, <laughs> all of my emotions, like, let's just talk about emotions, guys. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, wow, that's so interesting. Like, I love hearing about that because just, like, the different way that our brains work, like, it's mm-hmm. just crazy, like, how we're all just, like, wired, like, certain ways, and we, like, think things, and, like, we do things for a different reason. And, like, that's what I talked about the first week, is that, like, the Enneagram isn't just about, like, it's not like telling you what you do and like putting you into a box. It's like the reasoning behind it's the why it's like the reasoning why you do what you do. Um, and so like the way that we approach situations. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I, oh, I love the Enneagram. <laughs> Let's talk about our spiritual life. Nine's deadly sin is sloth, which is not even, <laughs> you're not like lazy Mal you know, like when you think of the sin of sloth, but however, it's like, it's sloth in a spiritual nature. When you take like average nines, they're, they're disconnected, like from the passion and motivational drive necessary to rise up in their, to rise up and live their, you know, one wild and precious life. Do you think that like you fall into that category of times of having sloth in a spiritual nature? Yeah, I think, Well, I mean, faith in general is very much so the swing of the seasons, if that makes sense. So there's always highs and lows. Oh, yeah. Um, But yes, like there's times like I think in general, just spirit based wise, where it's easy to slip into being neglectful. I think that's how I've always viewed viewed like the sloth aspects of nine is that we just sleep into times of neglect Mm. whether that be um that we just don't have time or our time is focused on other things um and so I think that is very easy to slip into um for sure and it just kind of you just have to find the time to be present I think that's a big thing is figuring out how to be present within especially now with quarantine and stuff being present without necessarily always having the same groups that are around you Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of a lot of like times when I've excelled that sounds weird excelled but a lot of times when my faith is flourished is in times where I'm in groups or like I have am able to have deeper conversations with people Mm -hmm. um about faith about what where the church is going about where the world is going and I think or like how to reflect Christ in times and the times that we live in um and because of quarantine and stuff that can be hard sometimes so um and it's easy it's that's like part of the reason why I started reading again and reading more like I'm reading a book called um friend of sinners right now and so it's kind of like finding outlets to continue to enrich my spiritual life to where I to where I set out time to do it um Otherwise, I would definitely start to slip into being more neglectful of that. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. 
So when we talk about like our spiritual life connected with our Enneagram number, like one of the things that we have talked a little bit about is what we enjoy as far as like worship goes in your own spiritual development or your soul care time. How do you think your number comes into play with that? And like what activities do you gravitate towards? So for me personally, like as a three, I enjoy very communal worship. Um, like I've said before, because I like to be around people and I like to just be in that atmosphere where I can just like basically be in a mosh pit. Quarantine is hard. <laughs> no concerts, no worship mosh pits. But, um, you know, when I'm doing my own solo time, I like to be creative. And so I like to do like Bible journaling and different things like that. So, so talk a little bit about your own where you flourish in worship as far as like either communally or solo and like if it's solo like what do you like to do when it's your solo time talk a little bit about that um it just kind of depends um it's 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 very much like a spectrum of like what it switches in between um i know my always go to which i can't really do as much like well i guess i could but it a one thing where i really see worship and Christ and God is through um the Holy Spirit all the all, all the trinity um the whole trinity the whole Three trinity of all of it um just where i really can like feel it is like nature mm, um yeah. in general um i, I think that about you <laughs> so it's just kind of i remember there's been times in my life where like I've like walked or just like been outside and just really thought and just been still and just like I think I don't remember if it's in Hebrew not the book but like the language um <laughs> sorry I just felt like I needed to clarify but like um I think wind is used to describe um God oh like the spirit like, yeah yeah, the yeah. Spirit. Wind yes, is used. yes and so yeah there's like time which that sounds like I don't know sometimes just if it's a cool day there's nothing going on like there's no birds no animals chirping and just like sitting and being still in nature and like hearing the wind go through the trees it's just kind of I don't know it's just weird to think about knowing it's a spirit wait I have chills but but like it's like and I don't and nines in general were very tied towards nature and like um I think we're like one of the things like we're grounded in the world but we also feel like a great tie to like spirituality or something like that but like for me it's always been like just being still or like water like being great like bodies of water (laughs) so like um no I get it (laughs) and it's just kind of like I don't know the immensity of water oh yeah some people don't like the ocean because the immensity of it but like me I'm like the ocean the immensity of it so powerful I was talking to someone um I don't again don't quote me on this because I don't know the statistic but I think oh it was my intern this summer oh no I'm so sorry Sam if you're listening to this um because he was the one that told us the statistic but he was talking about just like we were, you know, with COVID, we were talking about the unknown. And he said that there's like only 10% or something like that, that is even known of the ocean. Like we don't know what 90% of the ocean is. Like what all is down there? Like, I mean, that's mind blowing for it to just be like that vast that we like don't even know 90% of it and we've lived here for so long like we've been on this earth for so long and we still don't know that and like that just blows my mind it's the immensity of it yeah I think it's beautiful and so Mm -hmm. I I can totally relate to that Mm -hmm. but I don't know so for me in general it's nature I haven't been able I need to like go camping but it's like you can't really go camping by yourself hey I'll come no, I'm like not even kidding. I'll, I'll do camping. This. <laughs> yeah, let's go camping. Like I'm um, so down. Cause I just I remember I think about this time last year I went camping um with do you remember um 
Caleb and Bridget Tomlinson. Yes. Yeah, I went camping with them, I think, around this time last year. I'm just like, man, I just really need to go camping and just be outdoors. Just like, be in nature and to just, that's, so at the retreat I was at this weekend, we were at my friend's ranch, and, like, we spent a lot of time, um, like, out in nature, and, like, a lot of it was, like, doing fun things. Like, we went fishing on the pond, and we went four-wheeling, like, throughout, like, the ranch um, acres or whatever, but then, like, last night, uh, Grady took us into a field and he was like okay we're gonna sit out here for like 15 minutes and just like revel in god's presence and like they turned the lights of the head or of the four-wheelers off and i was just like <gasps> like i literally like was just is so in awe of those stars and just like seeing all of that he said something in his prayer that i was like that was just so beautifully said and like so true he said the way that we're looking at the stars right now, so in awe, that's the same way that God looks at us. And I was just like, that is so beautifully said. And like, so true that like, we're just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And God's like looking down on us and he's like, exactly. Like y'all are so amazing. And I'm so like in love with you guys. And, and it's just so cool that we like get to connect to him so much through nature. So Mm -hmm. I love that that's what you connect with. Yeah, and, like, I mean, like, how you were saying, like, the stars, I'll never forget as, like, a kid, like, because my, we moved to San Antonio in, like, the fourth grade or so, and, like, I, and I still remember, even at a younger age, like, traveling to, like, basketball games Yeah. as a kid, and I remember I would, like, lay down in the back seat and, like, look out, and, like, when we lived in East Texas, like, we could see the stars, because it yeah. wasn't really, like, the big city um <laughs> yeah and so and I remember one of my favorite songs growing up as a kid was like um I forget who sings it but it was like the I love you more than the sun and the stars song uh no. and it's like I love you more than the sun and the stars oh I taught how to shine yes you are mine yes no no, yes. no. I know that <laughs> I and it's like and you shine for me too so that I was one of my favorite songs but yes and I remember it came on it would come on sometimes and we would I would be like looking it came on one time I was like looking up at the stars and the song came on and I was just like belting it out and my mom was like in the car and she was like oh my goodness and I, I was like so arriving <laughs> a young Mallory <laughs> I love that so much oh my word Okay, so nature. Um, so great. I love that that is how you connect to God. And I just I just love nines. Is there anything else that you want to share that like I didn't ask about about your number or just yourself in general? Um, I, um, I mean, I guess like one of the big, I guess for advice out there for people who are dealing with nines um in general I know not I'm better about it maybe the most I mean I'm sure I still sometimes neglect it but I think it's big we can like be so invested in like everything else going on in other people's life that we neglect our own and like how we feel and so I guess like one thing is just even like with nines, we, I think a lot of times we can sometimes put off that we have it together for the most part, um, because we're easygoing. And so, and a lot of times with nines, it's hard to know when something is wrong with them or like if something is troubling them in life. Yeah. Um, and I think when nines are healthy, we're better about, um, voicing those things. Um, if you are nine and like it, like if you're nine, like how I was in high school, you kind of need people to check in on you. So if you know people who are nines who you don't think are healthy or just are healthy in general, just like ask, like genuinely ask how they're doing yeah. um, would be one thing. But I love that. So our advice or Mallory's advice to all of our nines out there and to all of our friends with nines with, with, friend wait all of our friends who are friends with nines um check in on them call your nines up ask them how they are try to have a real genuine conversation and check in on them it's i i read so many times when 
like the queue first started, sorry, quarantine. I love calling it the queue. But when the queue first started, um, I saw so many posts that were like, hey guys, check in on your extroverted friends right now. And I was like, I feel so affirmed because I am struggling through this. Like it is hard to be so people oriented and not be able to like see people and not be able to hug people. Oh my gosh, Mal, I haven't hugged you in so long and I'm like crying, but it's fine. Um, but check in on your nines because sometimes they just, they just need that. I feel like a lot of times unless Mal was just like broken, like she would not just come to me and spill. Like I would have to ask her about it. And so I know that firsthand. And I had those times. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. But I'm saying like, if there was plenty of times that you were still struggling, but you weren't like completely broken. And like, I should have been better about like asking, you know what I mean? So do it, ask your nine friends how they're doing. Now we're going to transition into the time of this podcast where I'm going to play the song by The Sleeping at Last that they depict as nines. So this song is basically Sleeping at Last's um, rendition and their thoughts on what a nine would sound like through music. Who am I to say what any of this means I have been sleepwalking since I was 14 now as I write my song I retrace my steps honestly it's easier to let myself forget Still I check my vibe signs Choked up I realize I've been less than half myself For more than half my Wake up Just trying to find myself through someone else's eyes. So show me what to do to restart this heart of mine. How do I forgive myself for losing so?
This was such a good time with you. I know that like we're doing a podcast and like that's what it's about right now. And I'm so like glad for all our listeners. This was like just a really good conversation with my best friend. So I'm just very fulfilled right now. Very happy to be able to to Zoom with my Mal pal. I love you. You're my best pal. <laughs> the ultimate Mal pal. The ultimate. <laughs> She also loves to play Ultimate. She didn't say that, but... Yeah, I guess that's one of my other outlets, but we haven't played in a while, so... Quarantine, you know, COVID, but Ultimate Frisbee when the queue's over. Like, let's do it. Camping and Ultimate Frisbee. Okay, well, that's all I had for us today. Thank you so, so very much, Mal, for sharing about um, what your experience has been like being a nine and just... All of my listeners, thank you for listening and thank you for getting to hear me and my best friend catch up a little and talk about going camping together. So um, we're doing that, by the way, like that is happening. I'm going to text you when this is over. Next week, we are going to talk about ones. So I'm excited about that. I um, love the person that's going to be my guest on the show that week or next week, and I'm just so excited about that to talk about ones. There are still copies of The Road Back to You um, by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile up at the church. If you want to purchase those, they're $10. I would love for you to read along with us because we're not hitting all the points in you know 45 minutes to an hour, but to read along with us as we continue to go on this uh, journey to self-discovery. But I'll see you next week when we talk about ones. This is Today on the Grand.